The MX Vice Show. Welcome to episode 46 of the MX Spice podcast show. Great to be back. We've got a double header this week because we have three GPs. So we're going to be here today and also we're going to be here a little bit later on in the week just to give you a bit of an update as so much is happening in the world of motocross at the moment. I'm James Burfield and with me on the line is MX Spice editor Lewis Phillips who is live from Italy. In studio is Rob from Jukebox Beats. I'd like to thank Fly Racing, Liap, Planet Motor Holidays, Yoko York, Prox Racing Parts, Technical Touch, Hinson, KYB, Seven, Even Strokes, Kawasaki UK, and Talon Engineering. First part of the show is brought to you by Fly Racing, who have redefined expectations in safety and performance with the Formula Helmet. Tested on the most advanced equipment in the world, the Formula Helmet's overall performance is best in class in both high-velocity crashes as well as rotational and low-speed impacts. Featuring rayon technology, conehead EPS, and a 12K carbon shell, the Formula's Advanced Impact System, AIS, introduced a new approach to both protection and weight reduction. Weighing only 1,290 grams, we believe the Formula to be the perfect combination of industry-leading innovation and ultra-lightweight design. Simply put, the Formula helmet has changed the game. So, Lewis, action-packed Mantova. Uh, uh, track yeah, That's really cool. tricky. Hi. Yeah. Uh, one thing I was going to uh, just ask you is, um, was it raining a lot? Because when I watched it on TV, it looked like uh, quite a lot of wet patches. Well, uh, first of all, to your point about it being action-packed, uh, yeah, we had lots of things that never happen in motocross happen. So, weird one. And to your second point, if you listen to my Fly Racing post-race podcast, Myself and the MX2 riders on there theorized that either the tap was broken or they misread the weather forecast and thought we were in Indonesia and had 45 <laughs> degrees and blistering sun because I literally have no idea what was going on. <laughs> well, did, did any of the riders kind of complain about, like, why have we got so much water? Well, on I don't know track? if they complained officially, but they all complained to me. <laughs> you know it's wet when even it's still wet for MXGP like they didn't water it again before the first MXGP moto but it was still sloshy for them like it didn't even dry out when it had a full MX2 moto so I don't really understand I genuinely thought I missed something because obviously I'm, I'm at home watching on, on streaming but before that I'm kind of watching what's going on in the UFC and just catching up on, on, on everything anyway so just kind of like switched it on I've not read any kind of you know anything what's going on and, and pull it on and I'm just thinking God, that must have been a massive storm for, for the amount of water that's on, on the track. Uh, and then I find out later that it's just someone went a little bit crazy with a hose pipe or something. Yeah, um, the um, post-race podcasts are quite entertaining this week. I'd, uh, just a little recap for you. Um, there's two very long ones. Uh, Jed Beaton got the longest post-race podcast in MX Vice history. So there's 16 minutes with him 
Ben had Ben had the longest one, but then I did beat an after, and that was longer. So there's a 13 minute one with Ben. Wow. There's a ve- there's a very good interview with Paul Ann, which is surprising because you often don't get much out of him. But like a real kind of in depth, I feel like the most Paul Ann's been cracked in a while, like as in his outer um, image. You know, like he portrayed, like he um has his I don't know what you call it almost like this wall around him. It's kind of a persona where you yeah. kind of like, yeah. And it's difficult to kind of get past that sometimes and get the person. But we, it was actually like, I was kind of like, oh my God, this is quite interesting. Caroli, I managed to get him who talked with a broken nose. Uh, it was quite distracting for me because I was looking like, obviously at him in the face and his nose was just in another direction. But I wow. Him. And then there's others too. Yeah, Geyser, uh, Sewer after the penalty. Olsen after his first win in over a year. So, yeah, worth checking out. Maybe more worth checking out than this podcast. Brilliant, yeah. Um, should we call it a day now then? Because it sounds like you've done everything already. Well, I recommend checking those out. I, mean, I, I enjoy them. I hope the riders do too, although maybe not the 16-minute ones that Jed and Ben Watson have to do. Okay, well, let's get to, obviously, the, the biggest news which is obviously something we're we're obviously not happy to talk about, but we have to because uh, it's what we do. So, do you want to read out the? Do you want to talk about the situation and read out the PR? Yeah, uh, obviously you're talking about Jazakonis. I am. He crashed in the second moto yesterday. No one, I've noticed online, there's some criticism of us, other media, because no, okay, um, no one's actually mentioned what happened with the crash. No one knows. No one saw it. It wasn't captured t- on TV or like by the cameras, but not shows. So no one there knows. No one really saw it. So that's why no one's really mentioned about um, that. But now, after he got he got airlifted out, maybe an hour after the uh, no, probably sooner than that. Maybe half an hour after the checker flag of the last um, MXGP moto, and it wasn't exactly the best. Like initial reports going through the paddock were really quite worrying. Uh, so obviously everyone's been waiting for the official word from someone, Husqvarna, Ice One, the family, someone. And um, moments before we started recording this, Husqvarna just released something that effectively says that he was airlifted to Cremona, uh, which I've asked a few people. Apparently that's like an hour away from the track. And Arminus was diagnosed as having a traumatic brain injury. And as is routine procedure, with injuries of this type, he has been placed in a medically induced coma in order to stabilise his situation. Due to the serious nature of the injuries, AJ remains in a coma and is receiving ongoing specialist care. So that's uh, 3 p.m. on Monday. He's still in a coma. And yeah, there's obviously there's not much more to say at this point. It's like we have that news now, so it's nice to know the situation. Like we all kind of are at least a little up to speed but it's still kind of a sit-and-wait situation, I guess, where we all just keep our fingers crossed and hope that the next email that comes through from Husqvarna is going to be a step in the right direction. Yeah. I mean, look, we there's no point in, in, in putting out any other details other than what we got, which is the correct details. So there's no point in we could spend two hours here talking over what we don't know. So we, we, we know no other information even the people at track know no other information than what we're talking about right now. So it wasn't caught on camera. No one's got any first-hand knowledge of exactly what, what happened. So that's why... Well, but just to bookend this, I'd like to just say um, 
kind of props to Husqvarna in a way because I feel like, honestly, they didn't have to do a press release. I didn't expect anything to come out. I was half thinking like an hour ago, maybe we won't hear anything about AJ for a week because he's in a coma. That's not a, obviously that's not a quick thing, is it? Like it could, like maybe there won't be news for a while. So I was thinking maybe we won't, we just won't get anything official for a while, but this PR is, has got everything, everyone who's worried about AJ and wants information, I feel like we've got, we're up to speed. So that's all we need. We've got the information as it is right now. We sit, we wait, fingers crossed, thoughts and prayers and all of that. And yeah, like I say, we just hope for better things in the next email. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's, as someone who's kind of uh, been close to somebody who's, who's had a you know, brain injury and stuff like that, he is in the best place possible. So let's just leave it there and let's move on with, um, with today's show. So obviously that was something very negative from, from, from the day. And then obviously there was a, a bit of positive news for, for Jeremy uh, Seaworth. We've obviously been awarded the win. But then, obviously, you know, negative for the other three riders who um, actually got re- uh, penalised for jumping on yellows. How, how clear was was this? Uh, how clear were the yellows? Because a lot of riders don't seem very happy. First of all, even this is a bit of a confusion, confusing one. So I feel I, I obviously wasn't watching it on TV. I was there, but from what everyone was tweeting us and messaging me, it sounds like the jumping on yellows was actually captured on TV. So everyone was aware this had happened immediately. And then I kind of thought that something would be done because it was on TV, so like chances are it would happen. And then I was walking around doing interviews and the first, the first penny to drop was Fevra and Prado both got docked two positions. So Prado went from second to fourth, Fevra went from third to fifth. But that didn't change the overall results, I guess. I mean, I, well, no, I know, I guess, because Spacey Sewer, this is, I, caught, I got caught up by Sewer because I was doing podcasts. I had no idea any of this was happening. So that, that happened first. Prado went to fourth. Fevra went to third, fifth from third. And that was it. But that apparently didn't change the overall results. So Prado was still the winner. Then later, I guess like an hour later, Paul Ann also got docked and went from fourth to sixth. So that was the penny that gave Sewer the overall win with a 1-3, I guess. Honestly, I can't really get my head around all of this. I kind of wish I wasn't doing a podcast so I could have fully understood what the hell was going on. <laughs> so it was Paul Ann's penalty that was the final straw that gave Sewer the overall. Okay. It was Sewer's first, it's Sewer's first overall win of his career. Uh, in MXGP, obviously a bit of a, we- of, well, a really weird one. Like I interviewed him afterwards and I kind of felt bad in a way because obviously I felt like I needed to bring excitement to the interview, but there wasn't really, it's kind of like, yeah, you won. Congratulations, I guess. Like, because well, obviously he wasn't bouncing up and down for joy, especially what happened to his friend Jazzatonus. Yeah. So it was just a, a strange night. Honestly, the paddock last night was a strange, strange place to be. Like, it just felt not right. It was weird. Well, this, you know, try not to dwell on it, but it, it, the, the, when, you, when, you're, when you're part of the MXGP, where you're a you know, rider, mechanic, uh, team owner, team manager, um, 
truck driver or whatever, you are one big family. You, you are traveling from one country to another. And you're not just doing this one year, you're doing this year after year. You build relationships, you build connections to people. So I can imagine that it must have been such a weird, weird place last night because obviously people didn't know any more than what most people do know. So, and obviously when someone gets hurt, it's, you know, everybody feels it. Yes, it's the same as, um, it's the same with lesser injuries and everything. Obviously, this is the most serious you can get. And that was kind of reflected in the mood in the paddock. Yeah. I mean, Jeremy, he's going to be pleased, obviously. He's, he's got the win, but not the first win. Like, not the way he'd like to have got his first win. No, the, the, next, the second win of his career will be celebrated like the first. Yeah. Yeah. Because obviously he's not an idiot. He's probably sat there going, yeah, I don't, like, I didn't really win though, did I? So. <laughs> yeah, I think. I've been given it. It's a win's a win, but... The biggest thing to come from this is out of nowhere-ish, Sue is now only 16 points down in the championship. And I feel like that's come down a lot in one race. That's huge. 16 is nothing. 16 is like... It might as well be zero in my mind. Well, it's just a couple of races. That, well, it's like you can... Well, let's have a little looky here. With the new results... Sue gained seven points on Geyser, who's the new championship leader, but obviously wasn't going in, and 19 points on Crowley. So yeah, he gained 19 points on Crowley yesterday. Does that again, or does that to Geyser on Wednesday? He's a championship leader. And I'm quite excited about this as well, because as we've discussed, Sue doesn't look at the championship standings. He refuses to. Because he's a really, he's a smart guy. Like, he is genuinely very, very, very switched on. Like, he does design. He, he um, created his own start gate. You know, like the practice um, yeah. start gates that they take to practice tracks? He yeah. manufactured his own. So designed it, got it working from an actual construction point of view. It's yeah. the lightest start gate available on the market, and other teams have bought them off him. Jesus. So he is like, he's way smarter than me. So he refuses to look at the championship standings every single year because he knows that if he looks at it, his mind would just be like filled with numbers and he'll be doing maths and boy genius I, that he is. I've I got to be honest though, you've not really given him that much credit if you said that he's way smarter than you. Yeah, I don't know. Some people would disagree, like my friend. Right. Yeah. I actually seen online that you were calling yourself Jesus again. I don't actually remember saying that on last week's podcast. Yes, you did. Yeah, I'll yeah. go with it. Yeah. I mean, we will get to that because all of my predictions continue to come true. But, um, yeah, so he's really smart, and he refuses to look at the championship standings. Like, I've gone to, before, I've randomly, like, gone to say something about it, and he's stopped me, like, do not, like, do not mention where I am in the championship, what the points are. So I'm looking forward to the day, potentially, that he gets handed a red plate on the podium, because I feel like there will be genuine surprise, because he won't, right now, he might think he's within one point, or he might think he's 50 points behind with those works to so are you serious? He he has no idea where he is in the championship. No, he, he refuses. He said to I uh, when I interviewed him on the last Fienza, I said something like, "Yeah, this week's been good for the championship for you." And he went, "Yeah, but don't tell me anymore. I don't want to know where I am or what the points are." So, oh yeah, and then I said, "Oh yeah, I forgot that that's how you operate." So, so does he say that to the team and yeah, everybody else? Wow. Yeah, so like that's what I mean. When he finally, when he potentially gets handed a red plate here soon on the podium, I imagine it will be a genuine surprise to him. 
But it's also funny to think because he has no idea. So I imagine that when the red plate um, guy comes on the podium each week, Sue is looking at him like, now? Is it me? Is it me? Because like, he has no idea. It's, it's weird. I wouldn't be able to live my life like that. I'd want to know like, what my situation is. Oh, yeah, I can believe that. So Prado obviously was looking really good yesterday. We've talked about him on previous episodes of the show. He's really starting to, to take that next step up, isn't he? The, the fitter he's getting, the stronger he's getting, the more he's, he's just never present now up front. Yeah, but to be expected, isn't it? Speaking of Prado, very impressed, genuine impressedness from me. If the statement he put on social media Monday morning about the penalties and what he thought about the yellow flag was genuinely the most professional, best way to go about things I think I've ever seen. Okay, talk about it. So what did he put out for those who haven't seen it? Or this the gist of it was he couldn't care less if he's first or third. That isn't the problem here. Um, the problem is the... Well, I guess I should probably pull it up before I speculate. Yeah, pull it out, Lewis. Pull it out. It was a long one. Let me just fish for it for what the actual problem was. Is it long or is it short? Well, I can't find it. Oh, here we go. I went to the FIM to explain my situation to them. I understand that the flag is appreciated on TV, but I'm telling you that from my position, I have a dead angle. Hold on. This is the Instagram translation. He wrote it in Spanish and not English. Right? <laughs> I do need translate it because it's a better translator than the stock in whatever's built into instagram yeah okay please hold and now i now on mxwise.com it is all about the angles i went to the fim to explain my situation i understand the flag is appreciated on television but i tell you that from my position i had a blind spot there was only one marshal to the right instead of either side so he thinks that rather than having one marshal there there should have been one either side of the jump I make this assessment because there are two more races ahead and what i want is that we have greater visibility to be able to react in time my surprise is accentuated when approximately one and a half hours later, see how professional this is, a member of my team told me that they penalised another pilot, that'll be Paul Ann, as mentioned, and everything had changed again, leaving me in third position. In case of so much change had not been enough, they also asked us to repeat the podium again. Oh yeah, I didn't mention that. So they actually, after the results changed, they actually got Sewer Koldanoff, who went from fourth overall to second overall, and Prado to actually go back to the podium. And it was wow. like, it was dark. Wow. Like, it wasn't pitch black, but it was like daylight had gone. And they were all just stood on the podium in joggers and jackets. Was there any photographers there? Yeah, of course. We were there. We got video of it. Right. We're actually working on a project with Sewer at the moment, which should be released in the next two weeks, which I'd recommend keeping an eye out for because I've seen the first draft and it's actually quite good. Is, is this an MX Vice Monster project? Yeah, a collab. Collab, cool. Yes, they, uh, I don't know if I'm allowed to say what it is. Yeah, I, I think you can. Yeah. yeah. No, we've basically just done a bit of a uh, more in-depth thing about his rise up in MXGP and kind of going from fifth place rider to winning his first GP. So we were waiting for him to get his first win so to like complete the story. And we got it now. So, uh, so what was I going? What was I talking about? Oh yeah, no. So yeah, the, the, all the photographers were there and stuff. And they, but they just apparently the way Sewer explained it to me was they all walked to the podium with their trophies, and like Sewer gave his second place trophy to Koldenoff. Prado awkwardly gave his first place trophy to Sewer, 
<laughs> it was just oh a, it was the most awkward situation ever. What a shit show. Yeah, like just sounds horrifically awkward. Like yeah. it sounds like the type of thing I wouldn't be able to cope with. Yeah. Here's here's my champagne come yeah, they even trophy. Here you go. They even yeah, they even switched champagne bottles. What? Yeah, I can't. You'll have to listen to the podcast with Sewer to find out why, because I can't remember what. But oh my god! Like Prado apparently gave Sewer his first place champagne bottle, and Sewer went, "I've already got one. It's fine." And Prado was like, "No, you've got to give that one to Coldenoff." Oh my god! I, I was out in the wild doing post race podcasts. I had no idea any of this was happening, which is a shame because I would have very much enjoyed to see it all unfold. So, yeah, weird. Any official word from? Uh, MXGP and FIM on this. What do you, well, what do you want? There's a. I can tell you that on the actual uh, few seconds, on the actual like results back end, it says penalties. Roman Fevre loss of two positions penalty for not respecting wave yellow flag, and it says the same for Paul and the same for Prado. And there's no way they, that the riders can appeal. It's a, it's it's done decision. That's yeah, it's done. I think I don't think there's any way they. Could. To be fair. I get where Paul, like Paul Lamb put out something as well, GoPro footage showing that the marshal wasn't in the greatest place or whatever. I think they had to pan the penalty out purely because it was on TV. Yeah. Like, it was, if it had not been on TV, maybe it could have been swept under the rug a little more, but it was everyone, every team saw it. Yeah. So it was always good, like, how can you argue against actual TV footage? Yeah. So, and I, I guess. I haven't actually watched that situation back on TV, but seeing as only those three riders jumped it, I guess the argument is, well, the others didn't, so it can't have been that bad. So regarding Jeremy and the setup he's got this year, he's running Rinaldi engines, isn't he? Well, they're all, they're all factory. They're all, they're all factory. factory so, yeah, I was just trying to get my head around. What your confusion is coming from is the fact that Rinaldi is now... The advisors are the factory team. You, so Wilbur runs a factory team. Rinaldi is overseeing the technical side. Hang on a minute. So, are, you, are you doing this podcast in a bath? No, why? Because it sounds like you're underwater sometimes. Why has this only just come up? We've been going for like half an hour. I don't know. You just keep sounding like you've gone underwater. I think it's because my hotel room hasn't got Oh, here any we go. Carpet. Oh, and again. My, I think it's because my hotel room hasn't got any carpet or like anything on the walls. So it just sounds like I'm in a bathroom. Did you not get any furniture with that room? Well, I'm echoing, I'm guessing, because this room is literally like there's a hard, solid floor, plain walls. And that's about it. Padded um, walls or just plain? No, just plain. Okay. Yeah, so sorry, because I was at the understanding that um, obviously when Rinaldi um, folded to team last year, he was going to be coming out. He, he was going to be focusing on... I did, Rinaldi didn't fold their team. Uh, Yamaha made a strategic decision but he hasn't got a team anymore so it's kind of folded well yeah but you, you make it sound like Wilvo got the factory deal because Ronaldo went they don't want it anymore it was actually Yamaha who made the strategic decision I, I'm, I'm not worried about that I was just trying to figure out so so Ronaldo is 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 he doing everybody's engines or is it just Jeremy no everyone it's everyone. Are overseeing the technical operations for Yamaha okay Tonus Paul Ann, so uh, all on the same bikes. They're all factory Yamaha. They're all Wilvo riders. 
and Ronaldo also overseeing the MX2 team and all stuff like that. So Ronaldo are just all of the Ronaldo crew are at the races, and they are. I think that I think their official role is like technical advisor or something. But they essentially overlook all of the factory, factory equipment and stuff. But the MX2 team, they are running the uh, American engines, aren't they? Um. Yes. I'm just trying to get my head around this because it's very confusing. Well, it seems like something you should have got your head around at round one. Well, just checking. I'm sure there's other people out there which uh, are probably interested in this. Maybe they're confused like me. Yeah. We're here to bring information. Going back to Sua quickly. Yeah. He's 16 points down. He might be my favourite for the title. Well, the momentum's shifting towards him. Because before... Before Mantova won, what was he, 30 points down? I think it was 30. Yeah, he was 30 exactly. And 30 is doable, but it was like, well, that is a big number. Six, like I say, 16 is nothing. He might, I might even put him as my joint, if not favourite, I might give him basically the same odds as Crowley and Geyser. Yeah. Moving on to, to Geyser. Um, what did you think of his performance? First of all, surprising that he hasn't won a GP yet. We're nine rounds in. Koldenoff's got one. Sewer's got one. Herman's got one. Prado's got one. Crowley's got one. So, that's surprising. I don't know. It wasn't... It wasn't great to begin with, but he won the second motor convincingly and he took the red plate. So, I guess we have to call it a good day. Yeah. No, definitely. He yeah, took the win, took the red plate. Good day. But first motor was definitely meh. I mean, one of the interesting, and we, we already know this, but like kind of watching that top six, it's anyone can win. It's looking so good this, this year. It's really playing out to what we expected. It's a real shame about Hurlins, obviously. But um, everything we expected, we're, we're getting this year, aren't we? Oh, yeah, it's definitely good. Sewer winning adds another element to it. Prado winning adds another element to it. It's just like I well, and also we're gonna we'll, we'll let's tackle this one now. Fevra should win soon. I don't know what's going on. He looked so good. I mean, I was uh, it's only TV. I wasn't there in person. I didn't watch qualifying and everything else. But from what I've seen from the races, he just looks so good. I don't know why he can't get it done because there were situations he could not get past Prado to save his life. Genuinely, just couldn't do it. Geyser came along and just did it straight away. And I imagine that Fevra must have just been looking at that like, what the fuck is happening here? <laughs> there were situations in Fienza where it was his for the taking. And for some reason, and I genuinely don't know why, and I can't speak to them because Kawasaki have put a ban on interviews. I don't know why it's not happening. Like, there's, some, there's a disconnect there. It's, not, it's just not happening for some reason. So the Kawasaki guys are still not allowed to speak to me. No, it's the same in America as well, it turns out. I was on, um, I was on the Racer X podcast last week, and uh, Mathis, yeah. the host, said that Kawasaki America have the same rule. So it's obviously wow. a Kawasaki global thing. Okay. But is anybody else adopting this? Any other manufacturers uh, or just Kawasaki? Fine. Okay. Which is a shame, because I really want to talk to Fever about this. Yeah, because I, I strongly Me. believe he is better than he was last year. He looks great on the on the Kawasaki. His speed's amazing, but I just don't understand why it's not coming together. Are you allowed to phone him? Yeah, but that's a lot of effort. 
Uh, well, can you like sort of get them over the other side of the hotel and you're on one side of the hotel so you can see each other and just talk into a phone? No, it's fine. Okay, it's just coming out of ideas. I thought it was a good one. You would. Right, let's head to a break and we're going to come back and talk a little bit more about MXGP. This section was brought to you by Fly Racing who has redefined expectations in safety and performance with the Formula Helmet. Tested on the most advanced equipment in the world, the Formula Helmet's overall performance is best in class in both high-velocity crashes as well as rotational and low-speed impacts. Featuring Rayon technology, conehead EPS, and a 12K carbon shell, the Formula's Advanced Impact System, AIS, introduced a new approach to both protection and weight reduction. Weighing only 1,290 grams, we believe the Formula to be the perfect combination of industry-leading innovation and ultra lightweight design. Simply put, the Formula Helmet has changed the game. Thanks to Fly Racing, Liat, Planet Motor Holidays, Yoko Europe, Prox Racing Parts, Technical Touch, Hinson, KYB, Seven, Evenstrokes, Kawasaki UK, and Talon Engineering. Those are the guys that support this podcast. Please support them by just liking their page, liking their posts, or potentially buying something. We'll be back in five. You are listening to the MX Vice Show. Technical Touch have been supplying KYB OEM spare parts and factory kit suspension in Europe for decades. Many of the riders you see on track in the FIM Motocross World Championship are using KYB suspension from Technical Touch. Whether you are looking for factory kit suspension or KYB spare parts and oils, they have you covered. Shop now at www.technical-touch.com. Yoko have returned to top flight motocross with a bang. The Yoko Vili collection is made with racing in mind and designed to be the lightest and most flexible motocross gear on the market. Go to yokoeurope.com to locate your nearest dealer or shop online. Talon wheels have been iconic in the industry for over 30 years. Designed, built, and manufactured in the UK. Talon wheels, sprockets, and footrests, and clutch baskets are used by professional riders like Jason Anderson, Zach Osborne, and Sean Simpson. Head over to www.talon-eng.co.uk for more info. Evenstrokes is the newest e-commerce store in motocross. Built by motocross enthusiasts, Evenstrokes understands your need and offers all of the products you need for a weekend at the track. Shop now for Yoko, Alpine Stars, Fast House, and more at evenstrokes.com. Liat, protecting riders from head to toe. Check out liat.com for more. Hinson is the world-leading manufacturer of clutch baskets, clutch covers, clutch discs, and springs for both dirt bikes and quads. Hinson products are used by many leading riders like HRC Honda, Monster Energy Kawasaki, KTM Factory Racing, and Monster Energy Yamaha Factory Racing. Shop for Hinson products at technical-touch.com. The MX Vice Show. Welcome back to episode 46 of the MX Vice podcast show. With an air oil separated closed cartridge design that is well known in the MX world, KYB factory kit suspension from our friends at Technical Touch was perfected on one of the toughest tracks in the MXGP series. With all anodized internal parts and DLC-coated inner tubes, internal friction is reduced to the minimum. By adding a mid-speed valve, the KYB factory kit spring fork can be adjusted over a much broader range. One of the extra features of this factory suspension product is a custom spring collar, which provides more front wheel control 
and increased comfort on jump landings. You too can experience the best in off-road suspension that is used by the likes of Jeremy Sewer and Ben Watson. Head to technical-touch.com forward slash KOAB-factory-kit-suspension-info for more information. So before the break, we were talking about MXGP. And um, one of the things we haven't mentioned is the, uh, the Bobrashev crash. When that happened, I was just like, holy fuck. And I excuse my language on that one, but I actually, that does actually warrant it. It's, yeah, it was, it was a big one. And, uh, I, you know, he, he was lucky to land in the soft stuff. I think, I think another foot on the track, and um, it might have been a different, different story. Obviously, he's got a handlebar print now on his chest, uh, just below his nipples. But um, I can't believe he got away with, you know, without any serious injury. It was amazing. Yeah, the, the shock of Jazakonis has kind of taken some of the, like, shock off of that. Shock factor away from that. But at the time, I was just looking in that general direction. Like, I obviously wasn't watching Bobrashev. I was looking no. just at someone else. And in the corner of my eye, I just saw this thing flying. Superman. Like, I didn't know what was going on. Do we, do we know what, what, did he hit a kicker? No, actually, no, 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 I was going to text him before this podcast. I'll, I'll text him now, maybe he'll reply. But his throttle must have sucked. Something must have happened, yeah. I mean, he hit that. He was just in the air for so long. Talk a minute, I'm going to text him. Okay. Yeah, so obviously that was uh, one of the interesting ones. And obviously Courtney Duncan had, uh, you know, a big moment as well. And handlebar snapped. And luckily, she's okay. It'd be interesting to find out if, um, ask Bobby when you're texting Lewis, if he's going to be riding Wednesday um, or whether he's going to be sitting that out. Yeah. He's, he was stuck or he got whiskey. It had to have been one of those two things, but I can't imagine he got whiskey. Nah. How had to have been a throttle stick. How? Like, it can't, I can't imagine what else it would have been. Or he just hit the waves wrong because I guess we never saw his entry into the jump. So I guess he could have got a little loose in the waves and kind of been hanging off the back of the bike a little bit and then obviously like pulling on the throttle involuntarily and like couldn't get his body positioning up to like slow himself down. I don't know. Like mental. You can see him tapping the rear brake in the air in the footage. So he obviously like had control. But yeah. If that was me, you hit that and I was in the air, all you'd see is a massive brown cloud coming out the back of my ass and the Kawasaki. That would just be, a, I would just absolutely shit myself. It wouldn't have even been solid shit. It would have been like vaporized. So it would just gone like... The question is, Bobbershire for Hampshire, which one was worse? Uh, I'm going with Bobbershire. I feel like Bobbershire had more that height. Was... Yeah, definitely more height. But then he stayed on the bike, which I feel was better, whereas Hampshire just lawn darted. Yeah, I think Bobashev was definitely more committed. Yeah, I don't know. It's actually, it's actually, it is definitely a situation where Bobashev saw Hampshire's crash on Instagram and went, hold my beer. <laughs> hold my beer. I think I got this. Yeah, I like that. I actually follow that Instagram account. Uh, not Instagram account, the Twitter account. And there's so many funny things on what, there. Twitter, what? If you, if you, what? On Twitter. There's, a, there's an account on Twitter called Hold My Beer. Oh. And um, that should definitely be uploaded. Hold my beer. I'm going to do a jump. Right then. So um, lots of incidents, a few big crashes. But there were some 
obviously great performances the weekend. We've been talking about him for a little while in um, in Calvin Vlander and seems to be getting better and better throughout this year, we, which we kind of talked about last year when we were saying, wait for him. He's going to be one to watch on a 450. And it's, he just seems to be getting better and better every week. Here's, here's a question for you. What okay. is most... You have to pick one. Oh, what is most likely to happen by the end of the season? Vlandering gets an overall podium or Paul Ann gets a moto win or I don't think I have another one. No, I was going to say, well, I don't know. Because um, Vlandering was fifth in the first moto, so that sets you up. Like, if he does that again on Wednesday, you're obviously in a position to fight for a spot on the podium with that first result. Well, we've seen what happens, you know. With Some riders win with a 2-4. 2-4. Oh. You can never, ever rule Gaultier out, can you? You just genuinely... I mean, we... we um we Well, that was my... my whole statement last year was he will win it he will win one gp last year and obviously it, it didn't happen so do, am i brave and select that one again or do i well, say, i'm, I'm gonna go GP, i'm saying moto moto okay. so, podium for Vlandrian, moto for Paul Lamb. oh okay so yeah okay i'll go with the Paul Lamb one mm-hmm. yeah. would you um uh, yeah, probably, but I think Vlandrin. I think Vlandrin will get a fourth or fifth overall. Oh, agreed. Hundred. Well, the podium, you just need a lot to go right to get one of those three spots. But I think he'll get top a top five overall at some. Well, he was seventh overall yesterday, so that's only one more, uh, two more spots. Yeah, which he's yeah he's going to be quite capable of doing that pretty pretty soon. Yeah, I'm. I've been super impressed. He looks. He's looking really good at the moment. Anybody who kind of, I mean, obviously. Did you want to talk about Colton off at all? Because you obviously have a special bond there. No, well, I want to talk about Paul Ann. Okay, talk about Paul Ann. Uh, definitely riding better than he has done in a while. I would say better than he has done since 2017. Wow. Obviously, the result. Uh, hold on, Lewis. Hold, hold your horses. Let me find it. Jesus Christ, I cannot find it. Here we go. Planet Moto bombshell of the week. Lewis Phillips has given Gaultier Paulan credit. All the factory teams head to Spain for riding where the weather and conditions are perfect. You can too. Planet Moto holidays provide accommodation, meals, transport, and more. An eight-day holiday costs just £845. Visit planetmoto.co to find out more and book one of the available slots in October or November. Bloody hell, Phillips. Everyone That's... says I'm a dick, but I really do just say it, say what I see, good or bad. No, you, no, you are a dick. But I'll give credit where it's due. Okay, well, uh, when are you going to give me credit? When it's due. He's definitely, like, the results are obviously not great. And if you're looking at his results, you'd say he's done. But if you look, like, he was so far behind in that first moto and came back to 13, which is insane. I have no idea how he did that. Fienza, there were little flashes here and there where I was like, that's kind of podium speed. So there's just, all along really, since we've got back to racing, there's just been these little glimpses of like, okay, he's still got it. And I do think that if the situation 
works in his favour, then he could potentially win a moto. He'll definitely get on the overall podium at some point, I would think. But yeah, no, he's, he's just generally riding really well, and that deserves a bit of credit. Okay, so uh, let me ask you, deal or no deal for next year? What does that mean? Is he going to get a deal on a team or not for next year? It depends, because I think he wants a factory ride. Is that going to happen? There's not many of those going. Could he take to Salsi and go back to KRT? That's been a little rumour going around. Uh, Gas Gas has been a little rumour, but I can't see that myself. Those are really the only factory seats available, as we said before. It sounds like he's out at Yamaha, unless something changes there. So, yeah, I don't know. I, 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 like he, he definitely warrants sticking around. He actually, this is also um, interesting from the Fly Racing Post Race podcast I did with him yesterday. Obviously, Paul Ann, closed book. I said to him, you can pass on this if you like, but 2021, what do we know? And I kind of prefaced it by going, based on your speed at the moment, you clearly still are capable of sticking around. And he actually said some quite interesting stuff about it. Oh, really? I can't remember what he said, but I remember going, oh, this is interesting. Oh, I'll have a listen to that then. You've actually made me want to listen to one of your... Oh, genuinely, he was, he was an open book. Ah. Wait, do you want me... Hold on. Hold on. I'll find it. No, don't, don't spoil the no, surprise. No, I'm a nice guy. I'll do that for you. Okay. All right, then. Have you also got the Planet Motor Bombshell of the Week text there for you? We might have another one in a minute. Oh, 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 okay. Right, you're going to have to... Can you talk about Paul Ann quickly and what you think of him while I quickly find him? Okay. Well, Gaultier, I think he's 30 years old. Uh, he's a Virgo and he's French. So he's okay, on I've a couple it. of GPs and do you need me to do nope. any more? From the words of Gaultier, Paul Ann. Not so many people are passionate like you to look at the lap times and see all of the papers. And I went, yeah, but I care a bit too much. And my friend said, obviously, obviously, you're one of the best journalists with what you do. Your questions are so precise and you are so passionate watching (laughs) Not everybody looks at the bigger picture like you. Were you going down on him at this this point? Always support the leader. That's the easiest thing to do. Not your friend Lewis, though. He's out there. I am there at his side. Win or lose. (laughs) This is a bromance. Have you got your planet of the week there? I think you need to read it. I think I do. Uh, Planet Moto bombshell of the week. All the factory teams head to Spain for riding where the weather and conditions are perfect. You can too. Planet Motor holidays provide accommodation, meals, transport, and more. An eight-day holiday costs just £845. Visit planetmoto.co to find out more and book one of the available slots in October or November. I cannot believe it, Lewis. Mm-hmm. Can't believe it. Oh, if, oh, I tell you oh, what, oh, if, hold on, if, hold on. From the same interview. Same interview. Uh, as an athlete, you need to never give up and keep working. I'm happy, though. You are the first journalist to tell me that I'm riding well, and it's definitely true. And we're the two best friends that anyone can have. What? I, I don't understand where this has come from. 
we're the two best friends that anyone can have. And we will never, ever, 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 ever leave each other. <laughs> are you are you just going to go to the track this week to hang out? Are you going cycling together or anything? Um, let's just say that I might be a bit preoccupied and not able to work on MX Vice now, but we are looking to get back on the podium. Oh, wow. Oh, this escalated quickly. Anyway, well, I did, that wasn't the reason I pulled this interview up, was it? You wanted to hear what you said about 2021. Yeah, that'd be um, great. You said, it's a tough question that you ask me. That's, that's the precise questions he referenced earlier. But obviously, me being me, he was happy to answer. Uh, I'm racing to be up front and to have the possibility to win. That obviously is hinting at factory equipment. I feel I have it in my blood. I feel really healthy. It has been hard on my body, but the coronavirus area is a really strange one. Uh, right now, I really concentrate on the riding and doing the best. It's going to be a one-year contract. See, this confused me because is he talking about this year or has he got a deal for next year? He said it's going to be a one-year contract. It's going to be definitely such a strange atmosphere for the future because even right now you can see how things go in the politics side of the sport, how things go for the future and the industry and the manufacturers. We'll see. Everything is open. I'm open. But right now I'm definitely concentrating on riding. I don't take care of tomorrow. Maybe he wants to leave that to me. Maybe I should take care of tomorrow for him. Well, is he kind of, um, you, you know, is he trying to say that he has been given no, a one-year contract no, no, in that bit? Or is he just going to do one more year well, of racing? Well, he can't be saying he's got a contract because at the end he says everything is open, I'm open. So, But maybe he's only looking at one more yeah, year. Maybe. I, I don't, yeah, maybe. Yeah, I don't know what he was getting out of that one. But, yeah. Okay. Obviously, you're one of the best at what you do. Your question really precise, and you are passionate. Yeah, obviously, I, I, you are one of the I, best I, I, at what you do. Your questions are really precise, and you are passionate. Was he drug tested after this interview, or maybe he just mistakes you for somebody else? We're the two best friends that anyone can have. I don't. I don't really know where to go now with this podcast. <laughs> It's just amazing. When he was saying this, I was like, that is coming up on a podcast tomorrow. I actually, meant, I actually meant to clip the audio. What I wanted to do was clip the audio, not tell you about it, and then randomly play it to you during this podcast and just hear the shock. There's, there's so much I want to say, but I know that there's actual children listening to this. So, um, yeah, that was a, a bit of a thing. Lo and behold, we done a, a thing the, other, uh, the weekend with um, a, a group of kids uh, coaching them with Josh Spinks and uh, uh, Dan Thornhill. And a lot of the kids actually listened to the podcast show. Oh, I wondered where, you, I wondered where this was coming from. Yeah, which actually alarmed me because you swear quite Well, they might enjoy my hangover reference. Yeah. The good thing is, is I'm never inappropriate, so we're all good. What about, so, uh, I wonder if I should call him. Well, mate, why don't you ask him out for lunch later? Well, it might be a bit soon. Put on your best no, shirt. No, it might be a bit soon. I think I need to play hard to get. <laughs> I think you do. <laughs> I, think I mean, he's laying it all on the table there. So I you you withhold it from him a little bit longer. Right, let's, let's do MX2 because I'm getting bored now because it's coming up to what, an hour? Well, I, I do need to, we do just need to quickly, Karoli has got a broken nose. Okay. You would guess that's going to hurt his breathing on Wednesday? I mean, I've never had a broken nose, but I presume that when riding a 40-minute moto, you kind of struggle to breathe a bit more. 
presumably. Yeah, yeah it's not. Yeah, it's not. It's not. Uh, it's not good. It's not comfortable. Um, but yeah, so that's something to watch out for. Uh, before we move on, we did it last week. Your percentages for the MXGP title now definitely changed. Before, just to give you a chance to think and just to uh, preface this a little bit, because I'm like, I'm not like that. I'll sort you out. So what the? Oh, you going first? No, right? I'm just going to give you some information to help you out. The situation okay. as it stands is uh, Crowley's second five points behind Geyser. Sewer is third, 16 points behind Geyser. Prado is fourth, 39 points behind Geyser. And Kolnoff is fifth, 43 points behind Geyser. Quietly, Kolnoff made progress on Sunday. Yeah. I- I'm going to go with... Um... I'm going to go with what I said last week, which was Crowley 30, Geyser 30, Jeremy 20, and Prado 20. Oh, yeah, you sat massively on the fence, didn't you? I think I yeah. will go... Um, and... um, now, I think I would go... I almost want to go Crowley, Geyser, Sewer, 30, 30, 30, Prado 10. Hmm. My real change, really, I don't really look at Geyser Crowley any different, and Sewer and Prado, Prado made progress, so that's good. Sewer's a big change for me. He, I gave him twenty percent, I think, before. I think he needs more now. Six, like I say, sixteen points is nothing. And also, since his DNF in the first moto at Latvia three, he's gone seven two two one seven three four one three. So pretty good. And actually, if you look at his results. Since we came back from the Corona break, he's gone five two four two DNF seven. So that's obviously a black spot. But five two four two DNF seven two two one seven three four one three. So like really good. Do you think that Prado's going to have a little bit of a fire in his belly because of the, the being penalised on Sunday? Do you think he's going to come out swinging on Wednesday? No, I think he was was coming out swinging and getting a whole shot. I feel like kind of does it like Prado will be Prado. Yeah, I know, Prado but... is lit. Father is literally just the same in every race. No, like same start, same. Like there's no real change with Prado. Yeah, I, I, I can't. I don't see anything out other outside those four. Um, Koldenhoff, maybe quietly chipping away. Like you said, I think. I think you said on last week's show that you, you would like to see what he's, you know, how he how he does over the next couple of um, rounds, which is obviously in in Manzo. If Koldenhoff wins this title. Do I need to do like a press conference? I I, I think you should probably just resign. But do I need to hire or... a blimp? Do I need to hold an "I'm uh, sorry" party? I th- I definitely, I'm sorry. Will he Will he stand on the podium with a gold plate and point at me? So <laughs> now you see. Yeah, yeah, just pointing at the hater. Because he is consistent, and seemingly consistency is going to get this thing done. Yeah, he's hey, he's chipping away. I, I think I he's chipping two percent last week. I think I would give him slightly more now. Maybe I'll find five percent to break off for him. Wow. Okay. Hey, do you know what? Stranger things have happened if he wins the title this year. However, I'm not looking forward to that because that would be a PR disaster for me. He has to be. Jeremy and Prado, who are looking really good. Geyser, who can just come up and win when he wants to. And, and Caroli, who is going to be there or thereabouts every single GP, every race. So, I don't know. I think it's looking good for Caroli for his 10th title. This is the biggest opportunity I think he's got of, 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 
of getting that 10th title. Hmm. Um, okay, should we move on to MX2? Yeah. Uh, obviously, the, the big news is Olsen, obviously taking the overall. And he didn't even know he'd taken the overall. Did he talk about that in a post-race podcast? So, at the beginning of the year, I told you that Olsen, if healthy, could have 2-3, 4-2, two, 2-5 two, his way to the title. This race proves I was right because he 4-2'd his way to the overall. Point, yeah. point one. I've been telling you about Beaton and his potential for ages. He won a moto. You've been, you've been beaten on that drum, haven't you? Point for Lewis. I've been telling you about Ben and his potential to win for ages. Point for Lewis. I've been telling you that Gertz will, does not have it in him yet to bat challenge for a title because he's missing that consistency element. Point for Lewis. Hold on, I need to get the results up. I'm sure there's more points for me. I'm sure there is. Also, Vial, people probably won't know out there, but Vial didn't just fade in Moto2. There was an issue with his front wheel, wasn't Yeah, there? I guess he got together with someone in like the second turn, and I'm, he didn't say, but I'm guessing the spokes got blown out because he said his front wheel wasn't, wasn't stable. So that normally means you've lost spokes, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. And I've got to be honest, he's really impressed me. Like, just the way that he is kept pushing and kept pushing. And the, but Gertz must be just thinking, I've just blown it. Well, Gertz will have another opportunity in the future, won't he? I'll tell you what, that's actually a weird one that I was thinking of at the weekend. It's rare for us to have the same matchup in MX2 for more than one year in a row. Because normally guys figure it out and they leave. Um, Geyser figured it out, won an MX2 title, then went to MXGP. Obviously, Hurley's had no competition in his MX2 days. But like, for us to have the Vial-Gert situation this year and then going into next year with exactly the same battle is rare in MX2. So it's not like he's blown it as if he's never going to be MX2 world champion. But, I mean, Vial had a front wheel issue and had an unstable front wheel and yet Vial extended his championship lead. So, not exactly. Like, that was the day to capitalise. So, and he didn't, so. I just, yeah, I, was it Moto 1 where he, he dropped, he crashed twice? Yeah, I've been saying this all along. Everyone says, I'm, everyone thinks I'm crazy. All of my predictions are. are starting to come true. Gautier knows. <laughs> oh, why, Gautier? Why? Because he's a realist. He, under, he sees the potential. Right, so um, was Beaton a little bit emotional? Not really. Did he tell you how that you've known all this time that he was going to do it? I meant to ask in the interview. When I interviewed him, I meant to ask what, le- what percent credit I get for his win. Oh. For his win. And I'm really annoyed. Because I would, I would have taken 20%, but really I feel I deserve 30. How disappointed was Ben not to take his first No, he win? was fine because I said this to both of them. No matter the result, they've both proven now that they can win, no problem. So like, I said it to Jed, because Jed was going on about how he's won now, it's a monkey off his back. And I said, like, yeah, but if the result was switched and you were the one that was a second down, you'd still know you can win because you were right there. And Ben knows that now. There's, there's both of, 
screw the results. Both of them have proved what they can do. Both of them know they can do it. Both of them are amazing. Okay, so here's a, a technical question for you. If Ben and Jed was in a burning building and you could only save one, who would you save? Well, I told Jed that I'm now going to get off his hype train because he's, he's gone as I've taken him as far as I can. And there are other people that need my help. Like Mary Poppins. Oh, okay. Mary Poppins flew in, helped yep. the situation. I don't really know how that film went, but she helped something. And then the, she was done. The work there was done and she popped off. That's me with Jed. I flew in. I've done all I can. There are other riders that need me now. So I'm, I'm popping off. Like Jesus. Who's next on the list, Jesus? Well, I'm team 919 for life. So, so, so basically the answer to that is, um, thanks, Jed. You got close, but you're not close enough. I don't understand why Jed couldn't have just washed the front end. Hold my hand, Ben. I'm taking it. Jed you. could have just washed. Like, why couldn't Jed just let us have it? Funny one. Funny, the, Jed in, the Jed and Ben interviews were really good. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Funny. I bet you did. Funny quote. 29 minutes of ecstasy for you. Tw- uh, funny quotes from the Jed interview. Randomly, halfway through the motor, he said he thought to himself, Jesus, Ben's really pushing. And then thought to himself, shit. I don't think Ben's won a race before. That means he's going to really try. Shit, I better really try. So that was funny because I was like, well, what? So you were just riding around thinking of Ben's career accomplishments. What a random thing to think about. Jed said that he knew that Ben knew he could beat him because Ben beat him in the first moto. And I jumped in and said, yeah, Ben kicked your ass. Just, I mean, just to get in his head. Yeah. I don't know. It was a 16-minute interview. They were both very good interviews. I enjoyed them both. Uh, Fly Racing Post Race Podcast on Spotify and iTunes. I bet you did. Uh, how many times did you climax in those 29 It was a, I tell you what. Having the situation where two riders both going for their first motor wins ever and it's going to be one of them, that is exciting racing because you know either way you're having a first-time winner and it's just who. But I was, I was very impressed that I said this to both of them as well. Seeing as they were both in that situation for the first time, like both of them have been up front, but not for a full moto like that. I thought it would come down to who was going to crumble first. I just thought that one of them would buckle under the pressure and then that would decide it. Neither of them flinched. They were both perfect the entire race. Like their lap times didn't fluctuate much. They matched each other toe for toe. Like I was genuinely impressed about by how composed they both were. And it kind of that in itself proves that they can both do it again and replicate that again. So, predictions for Mantova on Wednesday. Who's going to come out top, Ben or Jed? This MX2 class is suddenly, now that Olsen's healthy and everything like that, this MX2 class is suddenly wide open again. I like that Ben starts a fix. Yep. Well, not fix, but he that- had two good starts. He's had two hole shots this year, which is a miracle. Two hole shots, but- yeah. Crazy. Like seeing Jesus. I couldn't believe when I seen the stats that Vial's got 11 and uh, was it Gertz with three? Yeah. Okay. So here's a question for you. Who wins next? Because we've had Renault and we've had Beaton. Who wins next? Moose Watson, Bra or Muse? 
Uh, I'm going to go Watson. And the reason why I'm going to go, I'm going to go Watson because the performance, I think, like you say, now he's seen what he, he he's capable of doing. He's seen how close he was. I think he can, he can go to the next step. I will go Watson too, purely because, and I'm kind of in a similar position with Moose as I was with, as I am with Fevre. Like, he's been in position to get it done a few times and it just hasn't happened. So I'm now wondering what it's going to take for it to happen. There's been a few times where I'm like, well, this is his for the taking. And it, is, and it just hasn't worked out and I don't really know why. That's kind of made me a bit, hmm, with Moose You've got to believe, though, that um, Conrad taking that third place and being up front, and it's not, he's, been, he's been up front a few times this year, but, but actually getting that third place, he must be thinking, again, you know, I, how, how, it'd be interesting to you know, listen to, to Stephen Sword and, and, and what they're working on and stuff like that, but how, how long do we, until we see him put it to, putting together two solid motos? Is that coming? Well, that's, that's the only thing he's got to do now. Since he got good, he's gone 517, 10-6, 5-16, 18-3. So we just need, that's the next thing on the list. Will it, when will it come? I don't know, but he's clearly capable because he's got, he's in the last eight most, uh, in the last 10 motos, he's been in the top six in five of them. Yeah, I definitely, I'm definitely seeing a change in it, and I think the third is going gonna, is gonna to kick on. Uh, do you want to talk about Conrad's new deal? Yeah, I mean that was a, a real surprise. I think, especially to be um, oh, announced. I think so. Yeah, because I've got, I've got. When you think of his age, his experience, and what he's got to offer, I think Hitachi have been really smart in securing him quickly. Because um, I do think he, you know, it, it's he, he's he has everything. It's just finding that that right combination to, 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 to get him as close to where he was yesterday with that third position. And I think Hitachi have, have actually stolen the march on a lot of people by securing him. It's a two-year deal as well, isn't it? Yeah, and that takes him to the end of his MX2 career. Yeah, It's I mean, scary. That was yeah. Muse two years away from going to MXGP. Yeah, I mean, it's, just, it's a strong move, a great move by Hitachi to um, secure him for the next two years because uh, I think, I think we, uh, we haven't seen the full potential yet, as we know, but I don't think it's that far away. Yeah, well, my take on it is Hitachi have gotten Muse now to a place where he's quite, quite stable and good. Obviously, a lot of work has gone into that in Muse's career. So for another team to have taken him, and he was close to going to another team by all accounts, that would have been like another team reaping the benefits of their hard work. So, yeah, that just good that they get to hopefully reap the benefits of it. I mean, you'd think that it's going in the direction of Muse will become a consistent guy now. The interesting thing is, well, it's actually a smart move by Muse. I thought about this. Now, getting an MXGP ride is hard to come by. Hitachi is one of the teams that does do MXGP. So by staying with them and establishing a relationship with them, they are more likely, or he is more likely to land in MXGP with them, which is good for the future. Whereas if he moved to a team like Dixon, that doesn't really do MXGP unless forced, you're kind of backing yourself into a corner because when that contract's up, what do you do? Yeah, for F and H or F and H in, in, in other teams like that, which are specialist MX2 well, I think if you're an MX2 rider now and you're not one of the top three in the championship, you've got a plan ahead like that. 
And that it would be a big appeal to me about going to Hitachi or staying with Hitachi because I'd be like, well, if I continue to chip away at this relationship, it could potentially serve me well in the future. Um, regarding his teammate, Baz, how many more years has Baz got left in the in MXT? I believe that next year is his last. Okay. Because, it, again, it's not going to plan this year for him. Yeah, but he's come off a back injury, so... Yeah, I mean, that. well, yeah, that's part of it's not going to plan. Which is a real shame because he's another one who could run top three, top four. Yeah, and he proved, he proved it at Volkswagen, didn't he? He was almost on the podium there. So I'm sure he'll get back there eventually. It's just going to be a bit of a, rebuild, a rebuilding process. Yeah. Nah, it'd be good to see him back up there as well. Okay. Uh, do you want to talk any more about MX2? Uh, so how do you want to pay me the £50 for the Gertz VL bet? Uh, yeah, I'm actually kind of a bit disappointed. Equally, with, with yeah, Gano's moto scores lately are are DNF, 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 nineteen, DNF, DNF, twentieth, twentieth, DNF, eighteen. So, how do you want to pay me for that bet as well? I, I'm actually going to go to the team because I don't think the team are actually giving Cyril the support he requires. Hundred quid up, I'm going to be off these bets. Like candy from a baby. Yeah. Uh, I don't really want to talk too much about that. And anyway, it, it's still not the end of the season, so who knows what can happen. But I've, I've got to be honest, it's not looking too great for me. I did think that, though. Like, It's easy to say Vial's kind of got this thing under control. We also said that about Hurlins. Things can change quite quickly, so that's why they run the races. But I've got to be honest, I, I am super impressed with... Um, yeah, he looks like a champion. He does, and you know, apart from like you say, the the, the front wheel mishap. If that if he hadn't had that front wheel mishap, then look at how how much he would have extended that lead. Oh yeah. I mean that when you start thinking about that, that's kind of scary because that would have been going on towards forty points. Uh, over that, maybe I think so. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, because he, he um, it was 36 after the first moto. So, and had Vial, say, finished second in the second moto, that would have pushed Gertz back another spot, which would have meant that it was a second to Gertz's ninth. That would have pushed him nearer 50, which would have been a full round. So actually, Gertz is kind of lucky he's as close as he is and he's still within striking distance. Ish. Well, um, let's move on from MX2. Do you want to do... I'm guessing we ain't got to do that crap game this week. Um, I don't have questions prepared. Yes. But right, I can make no, some up on no, the fly. No, no, no. no come on, people good. like it. People like it. No. Let me no, up my fine. spreadsheet and I'll just make some questions. No, it's fine. How are we doing for time? Right, let's go for a little break. Sorry, after the break, we will come back and we will uh, go into some questions. Yep. Um, that game. Perfect. Okay. Uh, n- not the game, just the questions. Huge thanks to Fly Racing, Liat, Planet Motor Holidays, Yoko Europe, Prox Racing Parts, Technical Touch, Hinson, KYB, Seven, Even Strokes, Kawasaki UK, and Talon Engineering. Did you know that the all-new 2021 KX250XC and KX450XC will be coming to the UK? Get the cross-country motorcycles that have received specific XC tuning that encompasses the engine, suspension, brakes, wheel size, gearing, enduro tires, 
size stands and skid plates in the UK in November 2020. Thanks for the sponsors. We'll be back in five. You are listening to the MX Vice Show. Talon wheels have been iconic in the industry for over 30 years. Designed, built, and manufactured in the UK. Talon wheels, sprockets, and footrests, and clutch baskets are used by professional riders like Jason Anderson, Zach Osborne, and Sean Simpson. Head over to www.talon-eng.co.uk for more info. Even Strokes is the newest e-commerce store in motocross. Built by motocross enthusiasts, Even Strokes understands your need and offers all of the products you need for a weekend at the track. Shop now for Yoko, Alpine Stars, Fast House, and more at evenstrokes.com. Liat, protecting riders from head to toe. Check out liat.com for more. Technical Touch have been supplying KYB OEM spare parts and factory kit suspension in Europe for decades. Many of the riders you see on track in the FIM Motocross World Championship are using KYB suspension from Technical Touch. Whether you are looking for factory kit suspension or KYB spare parts and oils, they have you covered. Shop now at www.technical-touch.com. Yoko have returned to top flight motocross with a bang. The Yoko Vili collection is made with racing in mind and designed to be the lightest and most flexible motocross gear on the market. Go to yokoeurope.com to locate your nearest dealer or shop online. Hinson is the world-leading manufacturer of clutch baskets, clutch covers, clutch discs, and springs for both dirt bikes and quads. Hinson products are used by many leading riders like HRC Honda, Monster Energy Kawasaki, KTM Factory Racing, and Monster Energy Yamaha Factory Racing. Shop for Hinson products at technical-touch.com. The MX Vice Show. Welcome back to part three of the MX Vice Podcast Show. Episode 46. Always seems crazy when you say 46. 47. Soon going to be our 50th show, Lewis. Yeah. Who would have thought? Yeah. Who would have thought? Part three of the MX Vice Show is brought to you by Talon Engineering, the industry leaders in aftermarket wheels and sprockets. Teams like Rockstar Energy, who's far our factory racing in the USA, Rocky Mountain ATV, MC, KTM, Field-based Honda and more put their trust in the same wheels that you can get your hands on. Get more Talon information at talon-eng.com. Could you keep your whistles down while I'm trying to read out sponsors? Advertise, it's not, not very me. professional. Sorry? That's not me. Oh, it's, it's not me. Either. All right, continue. Okay. Right then, do we have questions this week? Yes. Are there any questions that don't uh, actually have Arminas Jazakonis in them? Uh, yeah, there are now. But I do have to say, I've counted, and we have 107 questions about Jazakonis. Right. If you've made it this far in the podcast, obviously you would have heard the beginning. So I think we've covered that as best as we can. If I sift through the rest of them, there are. it's very hard to see through the many Jazakonis questions. Let's do this one. What did you think of that? Hold on. Hold on. Oh, my God. This is brought to you by Liat. Ask Vice Anything. Liat, protecting riders from head to toe. Check out liat.com for more. Did you know that the Liat neck brace has proven to reduce the risk of serious injury by up to 47%? 
DigiNetter is highly adjustable to fit riders of all levels. Redefine your limits with confidence and choose Liat, the sponsors of this Ask Vice Anything segment. If you're listening to this later in the week, head to Liat's social media to see something extremely impressive that they have worked on. Now, well, um, is it out? No. Is it out? You've, you've, read, you've read the last week's read. I have, but is, is it out? The teaser is now out. And, and what is this impressive thing, Lewis? I don't know if we can say yet, because it's just a teaser. So I don't actually know if I can officially say what it is, but just watch the teaser, I guess. It's on MX Vice. Uh, it's on Liat Protective's Facebook page and official Liat on Twitter and Instagram. But yeah, October the 6th is a big unveil. So Okay. So we're just teasing at the yeah, moment. Just, te- just teasing. For everyone. Just a little nipple flash at the moment, and then we're on to the onto the nice stuff after. Just a heads up. The naughty stuff. Right. So this Leah ask Vice anything. Uh, would you like me to read the questions? No, because I haven't you? written them out for you, and you're incapable of doing things for yourself. So well, okay, then you better read in then. I'll answer because I'm way more better at answering the questions than you are. What did you think of Max's cheat line in quotation marks? Fantastic. It just shows the creative genius that Max is. Do you actually know what is being talked about? Uh, yeah, I did. He came to the uh, inside and then went over the bank or the central reservation of the track and uh, into the uh, outside. I wasn't watching the race because I was working, but I was listening to the commentary. Uh, that's where you missed it. I heard it talked about, and then afterwards I went back and saw it. And when I saw it, I was like, actually, that's quite cool. <laughs> what, do, you know, do you know what I think was really cool? Is Davy Coombs actually put a post out about it, about that line that Max took. How cool is that? Two teams protested him for it. I believe it was Kawasaki and Honda. What the hell for? Cheat? What, what, for good? What? For, what, for being in the track. Protests are a lot more common in America than they are in Europe. That is fucking ridiculous. But it was event, It was obviously came to light. It, the end result was they didn't get anywhere because um, MX Sport said. It, it, but, it's a track. Yeah. Um, I, oh, my God. So yeah, I thought it was uh, quite cool. Very cool line. Very cool line. That is just ridiculous. That somebody. Oh, my God. Bertie VLB on Instagram said, have you heard anything about spectators for the MXGP of Belgium? Nothing yet, but I think Ooh, have you? Belgium may be similar to Italy where it's capped at a thousand or so. I think. Obviously, I guess we won't know until much closer, but we will see. And uh, on that note, Spain is still all systems go. Wow. I actually need to talk to you about whether we are going or not because I don't really know the quarantine rules and stuff. Well, if you don't want to go, I could take over that weekend if you want. Well, it's not that I don't want to go, but Belgium's the following week and British people have to quarantine for 14 days after. Well, that's fine. I'll be fine in Spain. But then you won't be able to go Lommel. That's all right. I'll take one for the team. So I'll go to Spain, do live tweets, do some pod race podcasts. Yeah, post-race podcast. Yeah. I would actually love to see you try to do post-race podcasts because you, I don't know who you would be able to get. Oh, oh! you would be surprised, Lewis Phillips. You keep walking around with your big balls going around MXGP pits. I tell you what, this old dog's still got some tricks. Mm. No, not that. Uh, I'm, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Don't underestimate the old guy. 
So are we doing that then? Am I taking Ooh. over Spain and then you uh, constant what? No, I'll figure out a way. I'll think I'll need to read up on the quarantine rules, but I ain't got time. No, I think this is I think this is a bloody good option. I tell you what, if everybody would like an alternative weekend so, of MX Moving Vice, on, you're boring. Proof that you are getting on everyone's nerves. Aaron Azza22 said, What bike does James ride? He never says it on the podcast ever. Proof that you are getting right wow. on everyone's tits. Funny you say that, Aaron. Uh, I am riding the KX250 yeah. 2020. I've got to be honest, it's an absolutely fantastic bike. If you ever get a chance to ride one, then, um, then, then obviously take that opportunity with both hands. Obviously one on the, the, the clutch side and one on the throttle side. And uh, even better, why don't you come out with me riding? We can just hang out in a junior. Because you're getting on everyone's tits. Stu Dawes, 155, said, are there yep. too many man-made obstacles in modern MXGP after a lot of serious accidents? I don't think you can ask that question when we've just been to Fienza, the most old-school track possible. Yeah. Uh, it's that, I mean, that question always gets raised when there's a lot of injuries and then for five or six rounds, there's none. So, I don't know. I think there's always... I think there's always ways that they can make things safer. I don't think Mantua is overly bad. No? You think it's okay? <laughs> Very long pause there, but you just... Well, I'm just, I was waiting for you to you know, carry on with your assessment. Yeah, like it's of, got, it's quite jumpy, but it's not like rhythm sections and stuff like that. It's just tabletops. I, it's, it's a hard one because it's like, you know, I think they can make the tracks more, more technical and slow them down. Um, no, I, I don't think that's, that's possible too... nowadays. I think the pace is too high. I don't think it's a track's fault. I think the pace and the level in the classes is just getting to such a point where everyone's always going to find a way to absolutely push the limits. Yeah, that's just racing. Like, it, I do genuinely believe that. Like, it is getting to a point now where the pace and the level across the globe is insane. And that, unfortunately, can come with some crashes, obviously, when people are on that edge. Yeah, I, it was. Um, I find out at Westonbrook when I'm at Thornbury, it's it's you know a nice flow and fast track, and you know I, I feel people behind. I hear the bikes, and it just pushes me to the next level. Brilliant. I understand where they're coming from. Right, next question. Uh, once again, sifting through all of the Jazzaconis messages. Do you think a two position penalty is strong enough for waved yellows? Asks Greeno fifty six. Yeah, I think so. I think. Two positions um, is kind of universally agreed across the globe that that kind of does the job. Like, at the end of the day, what are you going to do, Doc? Ten? It's not like okay, like, okay, you would gain a little bit of time from doing that compared to riders around you who uh, don't jump on the wave pillows. Well, but obviously you're not, gaining, you're not gaining two positions from that. So it's, an, it's a penalty that's kind of harsher than the crime in a way. Not really, because if you think about it, okay, it, it's not just about it's not just about how many positions you would have lost by by being a second slower, two seconds slower, or rolling it or whatever. That the whole thing is about the safety of the rider and and potentially the marshal as well. So the reason why it's supposed to be harsher than a couple of seconds or a couple of places is because of the severity, because it can go very very wrong. Yeah. Sorry to be a party pooper, but that's just what it is. 
I don't really understand Callum McEwen 312's question. Was Bobrashev in 4th or 5th? I'm saying 4th FWO. What? You've lost me, Callum. Do you understand, James? Uh, no. F. Did you, what did you say? F. Well, I don't even know what that means. I've never seen that form in my life. Black. Uh, oh. Fucking wide open. Oh. Well, he was in eighth. If he's talking about the position he was running, I believe he was eighth. So. Mind you, when he was probably in the air, he probably went to fourth. What? Gear? Because he, he went so oh. far. That was a hell of a jump. That was like evil Knievel shit. It was, it was like, it was Doug Henry-esque. Scarily. Just, yeah. I mean, absolutely fair play for planting it right in that sand. Literally in that patch I don't of think that was on purpose. It was like a foam pit of sand. You would actually have a go, wouldn't you? Like tenor, you couldn't do that again. Because you'd never hit that patch of sand again. Well, you? no, obviously not. It was a fluke deal. Pretty skilled, though. Brilliant. Right, got any more? Yeah. I don't think we're giving value to Liat right now. Well, I'm sure there's a lot of Jazzaconis messages on here. It's very difficult. Come on, people. See the wood through the trees. Um, why is uh, Kieran Moss 16 says, why is there such a negative feel to Tommy Searle's career? I only ever heard how he was one of the fastest kids around in his time. Yet take when he was last picked for MXON, 80% of the comments were how he's useless and passed it. I don't know whose mummy slept with, but Jesus Christ. Honestly, what, what is the problem? I, I was actually talking to somebody about this the weekend. They will not be named. And we, we were just saying it, it, it wouldn't matter if he single-handedly won the Motocross of Nations for Great Britain. Someone, it, it just wouldn't be, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be enough. If he, if, if they changed the age rule and he came back and won the MX2 championship, it still wouldn't be enough. I, I genuinely don't know what he's got to do to, to get, you know, respect for, for what he's done or whatever. It's so weird. I feel like that's died down. Is there still Tommy hate though? I feel like now that he's a British rider, there isn't really the hate for him. Or is there? Am I just blind to it? Oh, maybe because you're not looking for what, it. What, is it still going on? I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure he gets shit all the time. Oh. Huh. I, don't, yeah, I don't really understand it. Like, okay, there was a period in his career where he wasn't really the greatest with fans or the best interview. But lately, he's been good with fans, good interview, entertaining. Um, I highly recommend that you watch all Billy Bolt vlog videos that include Tommy. Yeah, they're really good. I mean, the ones that don't include Tommy are a bit mad, but the ones that include Tommy are amazing. Yeah. I very much enjoyed some of those. I keep clicking off it. I keep forgetting that this is actually something I need to look at. Um, Jazzaconis, 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 Jazzaconis. Uh, this is a nice one, actually, on a Jazzaconis subject. Uh, CR Dory on Twitter said, I thought of this question before he had his crash, before I would still ask as a mark of respect to his speed. I like that. If Jazzaconis could master his starts and gate in the top three regularly, would he be considered a real title contender? His speed and line choice is crazy good. Yeah, absolutely. What do you think about it? The starts is the only thing that's ever let him down. He always comes forward. There's always fast lap times. He he arguably is a better rider than he gets credit for. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I um yeah, I I believe that if he, if the starts are holding him back in when you when you think about it, what, fourteen years old he was he was riding MX two in the British Championship. And then uh, I think pretty much after that, he's been on a 450 ever since. 
Um, do you think that's the same guy? The guy who won the championship for Motorvision? Yeah, it's like he's had uh, two careers. The uh, the one which was kind of learning career in in for MVRD, and then uh, was it Route seventy yeah. seven, and then obviously the one with the GPS. But um, yeah, I, I you know if 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 that that whole start issue could be, but he's he's just a big guy, isn't he? He's he's a big guy. It's, it's going to be hard to I don't know what he weighs, but it's going to be hard to um, for him to get out of gate. Which we've seen. Chris United ninety three asked, "When moving up to the Premier class from MX two, is it easier to get a top ride with steady results or hype? Feel that over the last few years, the latter has succeeded over the former, only to go flame out after a couple of seasons. Example: Watson's consistency and Olsen's hype on a four fifty. Good question. Hmm. I feel like lately, or since twenty fifteen, I feel like everyone's kind of tried to find the next Fevra because Fevra was never the consistent, steady guy in MX2. He just had the odd flashes, and that obviously turned him into an MXGP world champion out of nowhere. So I feel like there was a period where everyone just wanted to find that next guy, like Kawasaki signing Lieber and stuff like that. Uh, obviously, not hasn't really worked out as of late. But Olsen's a different... I don't think you can include Olsen's potential on a 450 in that. Olsen's going to Ice 1, but he's been a Husqvarna prodigy. Like, he's actually the first rider who has been on a Husqvarna their entire professional career. So he's the first Husqvarna-groomed talent. He was never KTM. He was never a Red Bull KTM rider moved over like Jonas. He never came from another team like Anstey or Paul Ann. So it's no surprise that Olsen's got the Ice One ride because he is the first Husqvarna-groomed talent. Yeah, when they picked him up from... Um, was he, he wasn't uh, a team who's found a rider in... EMX 250. No, he was on a privateer Husqvarna and EMX in 2016 and then moved to um, the Star when he moved to MX2. So got a factory ride when he got MX2. But still, like, it's not like he was a KTM rider or anything like that Mm. and just chucked over to Husqvarna. And I'd like to think that there is hype for Watson on a 450 because he will be really good, I think. Yeah, I'm quite surprised um, people didn't take more... And maybe they did. I I don't think they did because I think I remember going back to the around about September, October of last year with Lander and, and there wasn't a lot of opportunities there. And I'm just quite surprised that given his size, given the way he rode in MX2 and stuff, that there, w- there weren't more opportunities. But I guess it's, a, a t- you know, the economics of the sport at the moment or whatever. But I, I, I think it'd be great to see more factory teams Having that kind of having that kind of that spot on that that third slot, if they could, where yeah, maybe the 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 wages are very low or the salary is very low, but the opportunity for the rider is is high because of the equipment that they've got. Because that's the sort of sort of position where these MX2 riders could thrive when they go up in their first year. It's kind of a learning year, but actually learning year on on on, on good equipment. But you've you've got to say that given the uh, and I don't think this is too far out, but given the the initial issues with the Gebbin team switching over to Yamaha and it, something definitely wasn't clicking there, the way that Vlander is, you know, is worked hard and, and to where he is now and putting in the, the, the you know the positions he's acquiring, which is the fifth, the weekend, you got to think he is a he, he's primed for a, a very very good team or a position in the future. 
Yeah, I am. I do agree on Vlandry. I'm in, actually interested. I need to when I see him next. I need to ask him what he's got cooking for next year. I'd imagine that at worst he'll just go back to Gibbon, which is clearly fine. He got a fifth, so clearly does the job. Absolutely, maybe, I'm not saying there's wrong with it. Get more support or something. Yeah, but again, you know, you, you, you could see him on the on the on the Kawasaki, on a factory Kawasaki. It's oh, yeah, like, I, think, I think you could line up ten riders who could and should and deserve that factory seat at Kawasaki. Yeah, Vladimir Watson, the lot like. There's a yeah. lot of desert, well, that, a, well, it's the same. It's the age-old problem. There's more talent than rides across the globe. I mean, so. now, now Olsen's gone to, you know, who's far in a factory. It's kind of that. That's that position's done. So it, it means that Olsen going to Kawasaki is is not going to happen. Obviously, because he stayed within the the, you know, who's far in a. But it does, it does open up that opportunity where if Desel does move on whether he retires or whether he moves on or, or whatever, then, then there is a position there for someone like Vlanderin or Watson. I need to find out if Monticelli's going back to Gas Gas because that would also be a spot. Yeah, that, that would definitely open up um, some opportunities. Okay, any more? Uh, no, there's a lot of questions about the watering and track safety and stuff like that, but we've kind of covered all that. Yeah, the water in was ridiculous. Hopefully they sort well, out. Well, the track was perfect for the second moto, so it was obviously just a one-time mistake. Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, thank you to Fly Racing, Liat, Planet Motor Holidays, Yoko Europe, Prox Racing Parts, Technical Touch, Hinson, KYB, Seven, Even Strokes, Kawasaki UK, and Talon Engineering. As always, thank you to all those customers who've been on this week and supported us at Even Strokes. Honestly, the support is overwhelming. We are so pumped. Uh, lots of new products on the website. We have the whole Fox MX-21 kit, FXR's new 21 kit, Yoko's new 21 kit, and 7,500 Prox parts are on there, ready to buy. So, uh, Lewis, I expect a full report Wednesday. Uh, what are you looking forward to most? Um, I don't know. That's a loaded question you've just thrown at me. I'll, 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 okay. Sewer, whether Sewer can close in further on a title race and also what Beaton and Watson do, having now cracked this kind of first-time um, jinx. Who do? Also, let's do top three MXGP. Go. What, for Mantova 2? Yep. Geyser has got to win a GP soon, surely. It's getting crazy now. But yet he hasn't done it yet, so would that be a smart pick? I'll go Sewer, legit this time. Sewer, Geyser, Prado. Mm, okay. I'm going to go Geyser, Caroli, Sewer. Well, I think Geyser, uh, MX2? I think, if Geyser doesn't win by the end of this man of a week, then I will literally be shocked. Uh, I'll go Olsen, Vial, Watson. Olsen again? Yeah, it's, it's, this isn't a surprise. He should have been doing this all along. He's just been injured. This is fi- he's finally healthy now, and we're finally seeing what he should have and could have been doing all year. Like, this isn't a surprise. Okay, I'm going to go... I think he's going to bounce back. I'm going to go Gertz, Vial, Olsen. Yeah, so no, I didn't put Gertz on a podium. Crashy. It's a little crack. Yeah, well... 
he, he, he can't have another one of those. An 11 8 day is shocking. It's, yeah, that's a, that's a bad day. Um, I'm guessing he wasn't anywhere near the camper or driving or even being passenger. How's this social media? It's great. Excellent. Right, well, that's enough from us. Uh, we will be back hopefully Thursday or Friday with another roundup of uh, the MX Vice Show. See you then. You are listening to the MX Vice Show. Even Strokes is the newest e-commerce store in motocross. Built by motocross enthusiasts, Even Strokes understands your need and offers all of the products you need for a weekend at the track. Shop now for Yoko, Alpine Stars, Fast House, and more at evenstrokes.com. Hinson is the world-leading manufacturer of clutch baskets, clutch covers, clutch discs, and springs for both dirt bikes and quads. Hinson products are used by many leading riders like HRC Honda, Monster Energy Kawasaki, KTM Factory Racing, and Monster Energy Yamaha Factory Racing. Shop for Hinson products at technical-touch.com. Talon wheels have been iconic in the industry for over 30 years. Designed, built, and manufactured in the UK. Talon wheels, sprockets, and footrests, and clutch baskets are used by professional riders like Jason Anderson, Zach Osborne, and Sean Simpson. Head over to www.talon-eng.co.uk for more info. Liat, protecting riders from head to toe. Check out liat.com for more. Technical Touch have been supplying KYB OEM spare parts and factory kit suspension in Europe for decades. Many of the riders you see on track in the FIM Motocross World Championship are using KYB suspension from Technical Touch. Whether you are looking for factory kit suspension or KYB spare parts and oils, they have you covered. Shop now at www.technical-touch.com. Yoko have returned to top flight motocross with a bang. The Yoko Vili collection is made with racing in mind and designed to be the lightest and most flexible motocross gear on the market. Go to yokoeurope.com to locate your nearest dealer or shop online. The MX Vice Show.